All right, what's up, everybody, man? It is Wednesday night. This is Track Chat with the most known unknowns. I am Coach Kyle, representing Georgia State University. We got my boy, the Alchemist Stamps. He's in the building, man. He's bringing our special guest today, Jabari Greer, our NCAA champ and Super Bowl champ. Lamont, your name is too long. So what's your full name? Is It is the artist formerly known as. That's all it is. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. Uh, I thought that just meant that it was too long. Well, before <laughs> we get started, man, first, happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving to everyone that's going to be celebrating tomorrow. Um, so if anyone has anything to add to that, man, we are going to have a great, great show today because we have the perfect man. We got an NCAA champion in the 60-meter hurdles and a Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints. So we can finally have a real football versus track speed debate. All right, we can finally get into it. Uh, I actually want to start with one of the questions from one of our viewers that tunes in all the time. He's also a Vol, Jabari Evander Wells. And he actually sent me a text today. And his question is this. With Christian Coleman uh, having to sit out for the 2021 Tokyo Games, should he go ahead and focus on running the first sub 40. <laughs> well, I think that um, it wouldn't matter because if you honestly wanted to um, say that that was going to lead to him playing football, there's a whole bunch of, stamps, you know, there's a whole bunch of different set of skills that you have to have that's non-transferable. You got to be able, you know I mean? When you have that straight speed, that straight linear speed, man, um, you got to be able to cut. You got to be able to turn on a dime. You got to be able to, you know, do so much in football. So the thing is, like, you can focus on it, but if you don't have those skills in your back pocket, it really doesn't matter, man, because they don't like the speed. And one thing they're going to try to do for uh, being a GM or uh, a scout, they're going to try to see if you can play um, kickoff return, see if you can be kick up, uh, kickoff return. But the truth is, is that you, honestly, that's the last thing you want to do, bro. That's the last thing you want to do is get back there with those guys going 110 miles at you, catching a football and trying to run full speed because it's not going to work. You're going to get hurt. All right. Well, I think I think Evander was asking the question from a place where essentially he's not going to be able to do anything track related. Yes. You know, okay. so to at least stay relevant. And I think and I know Stamps and I, we we're always we have these radical ideas as we try to modernize the sport. So as we've okay. seen, you know, Marquise Goodwin and uh, Ted Ginn and even the Cheetah, like we saw him like race T.O. Uh, not too long ago. I think it could possibly create um, a new a new interesting, like out of the norm event, like a road race or a new storyline, you know, that could probably be beneficial for him and the sport. So I think that's the place that E. Wells was coming from. Oh, so I, I understand that. I understand that. I was gonna say with that real quick, I'd say, you know, uh y'all remember what was it, I think a summer or two ago when they did the fastest football 40 uh down in Florida and Marquise uh Marquise won it. It'd be kind of cool if if Christian, just as a segue for the time that he's out, challenges all comers and just say, I'll pull up. Anybody that wants to that that, that wants some track versus football, you know, we can do the 40. I'll, I'll show up to your to your to your to your uh, field or your practice site, you know, and let's let's put some money down and, and see what happens. Exactly. That'd be cool. 
All right. Hey, but guys, so, what, 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 I think, what I think we're missing is that the guys that would honestly generate the most buzz, you get guys like Marquise Good, when you get guys in the league, some big name guys, they have nothing to do but lose. You know, they have, and so you, these, these guys have big money. They, they got big money that they can put on, on the line. But the truth is, if you're facing Christian Col- Coleman, they have nothing to do but to tarnish their reputation. And they have more to lose than Christian Coleman has to lose, actually. Honestly. Okay. All right, Lamont. Speak on it. You throwing your hands up, speak on it. You know what, man? Sometimes it's it's hard to be a prophet of this magnitude, yo. It's it, it's hard to see the future and, and see things that my two colleagues refuse to see. I said the exact same thing. What Coleman has nothing, dude. It's not even a competition, okay. It's gonna be cute because we're looking at exposure wise, but you know that's kind of like me going into the ring with Ivan Drago. We know how that's gonna, we know how that's gonna turn out. I can run around the ring for three minutes, but at some point that left hook gonna catch me, and I'm gonna look like Martin in that episode when he fought Tommy Hitman Hearns. Okay, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the result. So yeah, so I completely agree with Jabari. Jabari must have took the real classes at University of Tennessee. You know, he he must have, you know, he must have been okay. the one. All right, okay. so so here's the <laughs> thing, you, I, but no, here's the thing. We we never doubted that Christian would lose. We never doubted that any true track guy would lose the battle. What we said is, don't let those true track guys lose that battle because then we're gonna be the ones with the poo poo face because yeah, right. we're always the ones acting elitist, saying track speed is different than football speed, which it is, which yeah. it is. Which leads me to my next one. So just a little bit of your background, Jabari, for those that may may not know who you are. Shame on them. Shame uh, on them for real. Yeah, shame on them. So it's been a while. It's been, it's been many, many years. So yeah, right, yeah. right. So uh, what was your first love? Was it track or was it football? Oh wow! So I played football since I was six years old. So I loved it. Um, in that aspect, it was something that connected me to. It was something that was continuous in my life. I moved a lot, so. But I think that I finally found my voice outside of my old brother's shadow by running track. And I think that it was track that allowed me, because I was an extremely shy kid. And I think it was track that allowed me to come out of my shell and establish my own identity. So for that fact, it, you know, track gave me an identity separate than um, the, any identity I had before. So I love I loved track for that because it was something that was specific typically mine and it wasn't something that I share with my older brother with guys from the neighborhood. Okay. Cool. All right. So then take us take us through take us through that NCAA championship year. What was that like for you? You can go if you can um, dig dig it dig back into it. Yeah. So it was 2013 and it was by far probably the the funnest, the most fun that I'd ever had in a sport in my life. Uh, Stamps, you remember that, man. That year was just, it was just special because football, especially football at the level that we played it, it was it was literally a full-time job. We say we played the University of Florida. Uh, we're flying to Gainesville on Friday. We are going through our progressions. We're going through everything that we need to go that night. We're waking up. We're playing Saturday, and we're leaving, coming back to Knoxville Saturday night after the game in track. It's completely different. We had a three-day track meet. 
we're going to Southern California. We're gonna we're gonna spend time in LA. The track meets Friday, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We're even on Monday. And you know what I'm saying? Tuesday, we may be hanging out at the UC, seeing some of the most beautiful girls that I've ever seen in my life. And you know, so it's it's just like that aspect of track, the relaxed atmosphere, being able to be with your teammates and honestly it's like spend time with the other team with, with the other team and people from the other team it was to me that was probably the, the the most fun so that season was incredible because we had a really we had a pretty good football season it was 2000 excuse me 2003 i said 2013 yeah, we got 2000 yeah 2003 um but it was it was something that seemed to me magical because the year before um, I had placed, I believe, like eight in the SECs, and I, I, I remember something distinct. You know, to gain respect, Stamps, you know, man, to gain respect on that track team because we're talking about this. This isn't just a regular track team now. This is the right. this is like the, the cream that I cream, the best track team in the nation. Yeah, they had y'all just won the national championship like two years before. You know, so I'm running against the best, and so I'm coming. There was this thing that you, when when a person comes from the football team, it's like, oh man, you just taking a spot. So I knew, I knew for a fact that I had to earn my spot. And I knew that I had to gain the respect of these guys because it wasn't gonna happen because I to them, I was just a football guy. So I really focused on gaining these guys' respect. I really focused on uh, uh, getting my, my technique right. I really focused on really being the player, I mean, being a an athlete that can contribute to the team, and I remember when everything changed. Um, indoor SECs, we were practicing in the uh, in the indoor Stokely Center before they oh. made it into this this huge multi million dollar thing. It's beautiful now. The Stokely Center is incredible. So we're practicing in the Stokely Center, and we're warming up before the SEC championships that weekend. And I remember like it was yesterday. We were just doing start. We were just doing warm ups. And something in my soul said, why not you? Why not you? And it was the first time I had ever asked myself that question. Why can't it be me? You know what I mean? Because so many times, like, people think that. People think, like, I can do anything. But until, until you're faced with something. Your mic went out. Can you hear me now? Yeah. 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 Sorry about that, guys. I was getting a call. But until I was honestly faced with uh, an opportunity for me to rise above, I did not realize that I had sincerely sabotaged myself that whole time. Like, I just thought that I honestly did not think that I could win the SECs. And I, I didn't even I didn't even know that myself until I asked myself that question. I said, why, why can't it be you? Why can't you win the entire thing? And then I, I, I remember, man, like it was yesterday, I kept on asking myself that question. Why can't it be me? Why, who said it can't be me? That weekend, I went out and I won. I won the SECs. And then, and it just really snowballed from there. Um, I started to gain a little bit more respect on the team because people understood, people knew that I could run. You know what I mean? It, and I wasn't just taking up a spot. And so when nationals came on, um, it was it was literally just like that. It was like, you know what? I can't I can no longer doubt myself. I can no longer sabotage myself because this can honestly be my opportunity. And I think that it was 
something that I always wanted my entire life. I wanted to be an NCAA champion. I wanted, you know, I wanted to win state. I wanted to be an NCAA champion. And if I had the opportunity, I wanted to be a Olympic champion as well. Um, so when that opportunity came, you know, people don't, I, I didn't realize that I honestly didn't believe that I could do it until I asked myself, why, what's stopping me from doing it? So that season proved to me two things. It proved to me that so many times I sabotaged myself by not even um, give, I, I sabotaged myself without even knowing it. And two, that I, that I could achieve things that um, are beyond my wildest dreams. So that season was, it was incredible to me. I had the best time, but I also, it really instilled something in my life. that kind of changed the way that I thought about everything. And, okay. and a little, a little just pure track fan, Jabari jumped 25 2 in a long jump. Oh, yeah. Sure <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Coach, so, he, he coach, yeah. said, coach, man, let me long jump, man. Let me long jump. I can jump, <laughs> coach. And he let him do it. I think it's C Ray, or was it Gary? Yeah. And yeah. that boy yeah, went out and jumped 25 feet. Hey, but, but. I could not overtake that first leg on a four ball one. You know, you know who lives. <laughs> I wanted that first leg, but you know who had it? This man right here. This man right here. He had it. He 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 wouldn't let that first leg up, man. He was a baller. Mm. He was a baller. Oh man. Stamp he got stamp of approval. Look at that there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lamont not gonna like that, that one. Screen up at the top, Lamont. Yeah, you wouldn't have never made like it, dog. You would have never made he it. I don't like that. All right, I actually thought so we got a follow up. We got a follow up question for you, Jabari. And okay. where, so, and I'll I'll frame it like this: Were you aware uh, that you had broken Willie Goss' record? Like, was that on your your task list? Oh no, not at all. Um, you know that was an honor, man. Um, I remember when we had the semifinals. We had the semifinals at Arkansas. And I ran, um, I ran like a seven, I don't know, I ran like a 760. And, and I remember, you know, somebody coming up to me, it was like, dude, I mean, that was, you, you could, you could break this, you could do this, you know what I mean? Like, you can honestly win this. And I remember like going out there and, and, and doing it like the next, you know, in the finals. Um, and I didn't realize it was, it was the record until, uh, until I went back and I, I looked on the, on the wall. And that was an honor, man. Obviously, being a two-sport athlete, um, you always looked, up, always looked up to Willie Galt. You know, guys like um, Willie Galt, uh, Sam McGrady, you know what I'm saying? Like, all these, you know, all these guys, um, um, J.J. McCleskey, you know what I'm saying? These guys that did two sports, I always looked up to these guys. Um, and, uh, I, it was just an honor, man. It really was. So I, I didn't, I didn't have it on my checklist, but you know, to see that, uh, I knew it was, it was incredible. All right. So you, you actually, you started to mention another question that I had. So I, is it safe to assume that you would definitely encourage these young men that are in high school to continue to be dual sport athletes? And if they are oh. participating in track and field and playing ball, like doing both. Oh, of course. Now, I think, you know, as y'all know, we live in a different age right now where people, they want to be specialists. You know what I mean? They want to be specialists. They think that their op their, their opportunities lie with one or the other. But um, I like to think of it as two different lives. You know what I mean? The more that you can do, the more valuable you are. The more that you can do, the more valuable you are. 
the more you can do, the more valuable you are. And, and Stamps, you know, as a coach, and coach, I'm sure, like, y'all know this. Like, if you have a guy that can do the jumps, do the long jump, high jump, that can, I'm going to do the four by one, you know, that guy, you could put, you could literally put anything in that guy's hand, and he's going to be a valuable part of your team. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think one of the, one of the, the most incredible things that I was able to do, like, for me, it was life saving because I think having a success on the, like literally having a success, even though I was there on a football scholarship, having a success on the, uh, on, on the, in the track, on the track, it allowed me to believe in myself. It allowed me to know that I had no limits on the football field. So it was that mm-hmm. transferable skills. Like if I could do it right here, obviously I could do it right here as well. And it was just two different lives, man, because football is a, football is a beast. It is a grind and it is a beast. College track, is it's much more competitive because you get guys from all over the world now, and not only that, but it's it's individualist, it's it's individualized. So if you can have success apart from the team, if you can have success in your specific uh, um, skill in your specific event, it can do so much more for your. Um, for uh, uh, for your for your encouragement, it can do so much more for your ability to believe in yourself, man. I just think that it's something that um, you know emotionally can li- can literally lead you to a whole other level. And you're dropping some gems right now. You really are. Uh, we got another another viewer question. So uh, back to when you were being recruited. So by former and also Vince Vince Ooh, and former. Yeah. Um, were you recruited for foot, were you recruited for football or track or both at the same time? And if so, how was that process? So I like to say that um, you know, uh Tennessee track cheat, they kind of cheated. They kind of cheated. Cause uh <laughs> foot, you know, uh, I got a football scholarship. So I got a football scholarship at the end of my eleventh grade year. And since they knew that I was coming, then Coach Webb, um, no Coach Watts. Coach Watts, you know, he he started coming to our track meets. You know, because he, he wanted to see exactly what, what they could get out of me. You know what I mean? So, unfortunately, uh, during that time, I was doing very well in, like, the state track. I had won multiple state championships. And I remember uh, I remember at the state championship my senior year, you know, Coach Watts being there. And him talking to me is like, yeah, I can't wait for you to come up. So, it was like it was, I was, it was a foregone conclusion that I was going to – I was already going to uh, Tennessee on a, on, a, on a football scholarship. But – the track coach they wanted to exactly see what they can get uh and it was a beautiful thing i wouldn't change for anything oh now did you compete on the track team all four years uh you mean collegiate track yeah no i did not no i i competed for two outdoor and one indoor season so um i came my freshman year and i wanted to you know i mean because they knew that i was gonna do both they knew that i was gonna be a dual athlete and I came in my freshman year. I uh, I tore some ligaments. I, well, I messed up my ankle in the Cotton Bowl, and I couldn't I couldn't uh, run track that season, you know, because it, it was right afterwards. So I missed the the indoor season, and then the outdoor season I ran the next year. Um, no, I, I missed that entire season. I missed indoor and outdoor. Excuse me. And then the next year for indoor, I started doing, I was trying to earn a starting position 
so uh, in football. So then I, I I missed indoor season, and then I did outdoor my um, my sophomore year, I believe. So I did outdoor my sophomore year, uh, and then I did indoor my junior year, and then outdoor my uh, my senior year. Like um, yeah. no, in- indoor my senior. Excuse me. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was great, man. I enjoyed. It. I'd, I'd like to share. I'd like to share one little story because I remember was the first indoor that you did. Was it two? Was it two thousand two? No, the first indoor is two thousand three, actually. Okay. Okay. So I'm trying. Well, I'm trying to kind of place because I know it was, it was happening. It might even have been around the time that you kind of shared the story you did a little while ago about when you said, "Why not you?" Uh, I was still training a little bit. At that point, I had re- I had uh, recovered from my little my you know career ended injury to try to mount a comeback, and yeah. we were doing speed hurdles. I don't yeah. know if you remember this, but like you would do one little hard lap, you're like ah, I don't like to get too loose. I like to be tight. I'm ready. <laughs> I just like to be tight. And we're like, man, what's this guy gonna do, man? And and I mean, coach had his little speed hurdle set up, and then we run into the mat, and your rhythm. I'll just never forget hearing it. it was like, bah, 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 and I was like, hey, Vince, what was mine? 13-8. Next person. And <laughs> and I heard him just like kind of talk to you, and he was like, shit. Jamar, do that again. He was like, all right, all right. Bah, 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 bah. And then Vince calls me over because at this point he's like, I'm fully immersed in the coaching thing. He was like, man, he's putting down like 13-3s, 13-4s, Sam. You just this is special. You got to watch this next one. And I'll never forget, you had this, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> he said, ah, ah, ah. and then he did his Deion Sanders high step uh, when he won his national title. So he kind of merged the football and track excitement and energy and was just all aggression. Obviously, the skill was there because he, he was able to beat guys that, that had the track skill only. Uh, but I'll just never forget Vince being so taken aback at your rhythm maintenance, you know, something that Lamont doesn't understand about the 110 hurdles. Oh, my Jesus How Christ, real your rhythm God. is uh, in between the hurdles. So I, I just wanted to share that story with everybody because you know when something's different just by it being different. And I'll never forget Vince being kind of in awe and a little shocked, like, maybe I messed up. I might I might have hit the time early. And you were legit, man. And and I think you, what you ran, 1332 in the 110 yeah. outside? yeah. Yeah, definitely. I did. Except, I appreciate that, man, because I never heard that story before, man. Yeah. And I think that you, I, you put I, me I tried the game so hard. Real, real quick. No, nah, I mean, listen, because the truth is, like, bro, I respect y'all so hard, man, you know, so much. Because y'all put in the work. You, Carl, you know what I'm saying? Like, all y'all do, y'all, y'all put in the work. Uh, Juice, you know what I mean? It's like to be, honestly, man, like, these guys were the best of the best. And these guys literally already had a national championship. And I was coming in, you know, I mean, like, y'all guys – so, I mean, this is kind of personal, but y'all got, got to understand how it is like it, having a program like that where it's so competitive. A guy coming in out of nowhere and being like, hey, man, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to fit in. Like, what you got? Come on, go back to football, bro. So it's like right. I literally had I was literally like just trying to earn y'all guys respect. I was honestly just trying to be one of y'all. And it, it took me a while to fit in. You know what I'm saying? It took and I fitted a little bit more when we had a, little, a couple more football slash track athletes like Robert Bulwer and Jonathan Wade, like those guys. Um, it allowed me to fit in a little bit more, but 
just hearing that story, man, where y'all actually saw something in me, man, it really is humbling. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that was real. We're going to have to make you be the, the NFL USA track and field liaison, which brings me to my next question. I want I want Lamont to get involved. So I'm not sure if you – uh, if you remember DK Metcalf when he, of course. When he ran down, okay, and it was a tweet, right, Lamont, where either who tweeted who first was it USATF or he said, well, USATF, USATF yeah. was playing off of was playing off of what ESPN and a couple of the other um networks was saying, you know, um that you had a couple of uh, moronic people talking about he can beat Usain Bolt. <laughs> they, they they smoking they smoking that good corona all right because that, that that ain't happening all right so you know it, it it started sparking you know it started sparking a little debate and yeah it was triggering to the track and field community because you know we just feel as if though you know y'all don't like not y'all but you know we feel like there is a a a a culture out there that don't respect the work that we got to put in so people just throwing out hey you know DJ Metcalf can go to the U.S. U.S. Olympic trials. The U.S. Olympic trials now. <laughs> okay, the the meat that many will many will never argue is probably harder than the actual Olympic Games. Okay, yes. Saying that he can go in to the Olympic trials and some it went from I think like get making the that, finals yeah. to actually making the team. Yeah, at 100 yeah. meters. Yeah, and guys. Yeah, I, I gotta say, there's, there's a disconnect there. There's definitely a disconnect because, I mean, <laughs> listen, and I would have to attest to football players, the guys live in a bubble. And, for, and you know, their entire existence, people are always telling them that they're the greatest athletes in the world. You gotta understand, like, they're hearing this every single, where, every single place to the point where they honestly believe that. They honestly believe, like, you know what, man, it doesn't matter. Like football is the hardest sport to play. It is it's the most precision, but they don't understand the amount of skill, the amount of finite precision that it takes to honestly run track. They don't understand the, the, the wrong step here, the right. They don't understand like they don't understand form. You know what I mean? They, they really don't. They really don't. Um, they don't understand exactly how, you know, how I gain a, a two tenths of a second. They don't know that. You know what I mean? And it's not that they're it's not that they're unwilling to to learn. It's not because they are coachable. But the thing is they, they live in a culture in which everybody's like just reverb and just, just telling them that they are the best athletes in the world. And then you get ESPN that has the loudest microphone, the loudest stage in the world, basically saying that he could do this, where people who don't understand the precision that it takes to run they're saying, oh, well, okay, great. So it's, it's just, these guys are some them. It's, they, you gotta be easy on them because they're just ignorant. It's just ignorant. Now, okay. now, now, you know, because I'm going to save this for later, but I, I will I will give respect where respect is due. They are a handful of, you know, football players who moonlighted in track and field who held their own, you know, but like you said, those are the small population of people who, when they came out to track and field, they took it serious. One one piece, one thing I will say about football players, and many coaches will say this: if the if the football player actually has talent, you want to run with them because they believe they they can outrun 
anybody. You put them on a relay. They, listen, yeah. some of the best relays I ever yep. I, I ever had had a football player on it. You stick yeah. that. You 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 teach them how to take a stick, and he, you see how consistently he's coming to practice. You put the numbers together, and you watch how he's running. Move him off of one, move him off of the last leg and put him on that back stretch and yeah. watch what he does because the, the, the mentality is so different. You know, one of the best relays I ever had, and Kyle can contest to this. He was in, in 2016. My number two, my number two guy was 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 a cornerback. And yeah. he ate up that back because he was like, Coach, I can't lose. That ankle leg also played football, but he kind of got away from it a little bit, but he still had that mentality. So yeah. we, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo-poo, you know, football players in what they're capable of doing. I just don't like it when people just think they can just come up in my in, in my sport and just think they can come up there and just kind of run us up off the track. No, baby, let me take that mondo belong to us. Okay, right. You, <laughs> all right, you a guest? You're like Eminem. You're a guest in hip hop. You're a guest in track and field. Wipe your feet before you step on my mondo. Okay. <laughs> I, got, hey, I got a question. Right. I got a question for you, Jabari, real quick. Um. You know, as a as an NFL corner cornerback, you're on mm. an island a lot. Um, and you know, I, I cheered for you. I watched many games. I was definitely tuned in. You know, for tons of things. What do you think, as a cornerback uh, in the NFL, um, what do you think was the greatest thing you learned individually in track that helped you stand on your own as you're looking at one of the top receivers in the NFL? kind of stare you down like what what would you be able to bring from track into that cornerback position because you're kind of individual on your on your uh on your route and your coverage what what could oh, you bridge yeah. the gap on on those two sports to to connect you um, to football well i think that the um the individualistic nature of track you know uh the personal nature the relationship that you have between you and um, and your event, you know, is really, really personal. You know what I mean? Um, and the self-talk that you have to have to be a successful track athlete, you literally get have to get in your zone more than any other sport that I've ever played. Yes. Uh, wait, one second, baby. One second. We're working right here. I'll see you in a second, okay? And then I think that more than anything, being able to be on that island and, and be able to repeat that self-talk for me um, has been, was like the main transferable skill. Because when you're on the island, it gets lonely, man. And when you're in that lane, when you're in that lane eight, it gets lonely too. You know what I mean? When you're in that lane eight, it gets lonely out there. And you have nobody but yourself and your heart and your preparation to to uh, to lean on. So that's it. Okay, I, I want to stick. I want to stick to the football part even more. Um, was there a receiver? Was there a receiver um, that you would give some credit to that may have had some foot speed or in and out of cuts that was just hard for you to defend, even oh, you knowing man. that you like, know who you, you want to pick. Who, like, who? <laughs> yeah, because you, because you, you, you in the lead between 2004 and 2013. Pick one. Oh my goodness, yeah. Steve Smith. You so want to go? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the era. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember the era. I was going to tell you. I was going to ask about Moss. I want to know oh, about
Randy Moss, this dude was 6'4". He looked like he was about 6'8", but he was 6'4", 220 pounds. The quickest feet I've ever seen in my life, dude. Uh, it was just ridiculous, man. So the truth is, like, you at there is not one. Like, everybody was tough. Everybody was tough. Like, you got, you got Moss this week, Terrell Owens this week, Larry Fitzgerald the next week. It's just like, man, okay, all right. But we're going to do this again? Let's do it, man. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> That's cool, man. So, so out of out of the out of the receivers, because like I said, you played in the era where most of those receivers are going into the Hall of Fame. You played against yeah. Calvin Johnson. You played against Larry Fitzgerald. You oh, played so against Randy. You, 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 you. Yeah, he played yeah. against a lot of these people. Yeah. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in the realms of what we're, we're what we're talking about. Okay. If if you had to pick one of those receivers and say, uh-huh. you know what? If football season is over and he really wanted to try to go for the Olympic trials and would and would have a fighting chance, who would it be? Oh, um, I don't think it would be any of those any of those guys. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know. So Randy Moss had some success. He was a fast guy because he had, you know, I mean, I don't think that he had the he didn't have the technique. Of a guy, but he had the build of a Usain Bolt, a guy with a long stride, a guy that knew how to turn over, a guy that ran upright and could run for a long time. So um, I think that if he, you know, had some coaching, and if he was uh, a little bit more refined, then Randy Moss would have definitely been someone who um, could have taken uh, taken the baton. He was the guy that could take the baton. I think Terrell Owens is probably too stiff. I think maybe uh, Steve Smith was too angry. You know what I mean? But, I, you know what I'm saying? These guys, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, Steve Smith mess around and drop the baton and hit somebody in the face, man. Mm. Like, I'm serious. Like, fight right there. You know, it's, you, you meet a lot of characters, man. Um, you know, uh, Chad Johnson, he was a guy that had quick. He was, he was, he had very quick feet. So, um, but I think Randy Moss probably was a guy that probably had the most potential. Okay, mm. uh, I'm gonna get to cheeks. Cheek really want to talk some football. I'm gonna get to it. So my my next question is: I've noticed uh, more in the skill positions on the offensive side, guys are getting significantly faster. So yeah. what is just your take on like why is it being lost really in the secondary? Because even defensive defensive ends are getting faster, linebackers are getting faster, but DBs are starting to get torched. And and, and to tie in cheeks. Well, question, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 because the rules are changing. I can't, you know, like, it's it's literally impossible to just, – just imagine what you're asking me to do. You're asking me to cover one of the best athletes in the world backwards, right? You're asking me to cover mm-hmm. him backwards. This guy has a, mm-hmm. a five-second head. This guy has a five-second head start. And then we um, – and you asked me to, to, to really to run with that. That's almost impossible. And now, before I touch him, before I could jam him, I could do some things. Now, I can't even touch this guy. So what you're really asking this guy to do is almost, is literally impossible. So you have to become much more refined. You have to become much more, um, you have to become much more skillful with what you do. So I don't think that these guys are necessarily becoming slower. I don't necessarily think that the, the, the receivers are becoming faster at all. I definitely okay. think that they're becoming much more refined, much more refined. They're not as big and lumbering as they used to be. 
but the 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 rules for defensive backs have changed so much that and, and it, it's been a purpose. It's, it's it's purposely done because they want to see a higher scores. They want to see more production, more offensive production. Um, so they actually instituted these rules so that it could be at the deficit. It be for the you know it could be for the advantage of the the offense. So I mean I would say that that is the reason why. We uh-huh. see these superstar receivers. It's by design. It is honestly by design that we're, we're living in right now. Okay. Uh, my last question, then Lamar, I want you to bring up what you said you're going to bring up later. So, Jabari, if you could put together, uh, if you could put together a football four by one. That was my question. It is. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. My bad. My go bad. <laughs> uh, so then let's then let's do it like this. If you could put together a football four by one. Let's do like a, a right now, current players right now, and then let's do like an all-time of okay. football players. Well, you know, so I want to say Marquise Godwin, but he was a long jumper, though, man. Like, that's that's a little different, right? But he also ran 10 nah, he, he, he also bad. ran 10-30. He ran 10-31, 10-26. He, 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 he ran 10-31? 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, yeah, 10-23, 10-26, win I believe. Okay, yeah. okay. So if he did that, he'd be a good number two, though, right? But, I mean, that, that, ain't, that ain't like – that ain't making the vibes. You know what I'm saying? That's tight. He get, he go, that's the first round right there. He might not make, make out the first round, so I don't want to be disrespectful. But for, but for football, okay, 1030, that's awesome. You would have to get that guy a straight – you would have to give him a, a great opportunity. Um, mm. I think that – man, I don't want to miss anybody else because the truth is the fastest guys aren't the, aren't the superstars. You know, well, you know, you know what, yeah. but you can name you can name yours because I want us to all kind of yeah, go yeah, around. We can, yeah, we can help around you the Oh, okay, okay. So I would pe- I would put Godwin up there. I would also, uh, when I was uh, I was running, um, Andre Davis was a beast. Andre Davis went to Virginia Tech University. He was ACC champion. Uh, I would also say I, I put Moss up there. Moss was a guy that I think they could run. Uh, you know, uh, sub 10-5. Um, I think that with him, man, but then you got to have a lead leg. Who's going to start us off? Um, I think I'll, I'll go Chad, Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson. Okay. If now, and, I, and I'm talking about people who actually played in the league, not people who played in the preseason. If <laughs> I had to put my, if I had to put my list together, um, and this is from, I'm using current, more current. I'm not gonna do back in the 70s and 80s. I'm gonna do yeah. probably you know late 90s up until now. Um trending holiday will be one. Um I don't like his technique, so I'm gonna leave him off. I know I'm gonna get a lot of angry people on this on that on that message board. I'll, but uh, I'll trend, on my yeah, yeah, trend trending. I'm gonna go trending holiday. I'm gonna go Jacoby Ford. Um I'm gonna go. And because I'm biased, because that's my homeboy, I'm gonna go Sue Tom McCullough from the starting running back at US, starting running back at USC. And then um I'm 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 just gonna I'm just gonna play, I'm just gonna play it, you know. I'm not gonna pick the obvious people. I'm gonna go Javid Best that played for the Lions and played for Cal. That's a good one. All right, yeah. I'm gonna go Deshaun Jackson. That's he's he's another uh, one of my Marquise yeah. Goodwin. Um, I don't know what was my guy's name. Um, uh, he played for Dallas. Was it Herb? 
Alan Hurt? Man, he was a receiver, but like he was open. He just couldn't catch a cold. That guy. And then um uh ooh, who was the other one? It was um uh let's see. Um I was playing I'd like to see Michael Vick on it, man. The young Michael Vick. Ooh, ooh that's ooh. a good that's a good pick. <laughs> Okay. That's a good pick. All right, okay. so I'll I'll stick I'll stick with guys that get a lot of playing time. I mean, because you you know we got you could have a Jeff Dimps and other people on there, but I'll stick with guys that got a lot of playing time. So I'll go first leg. I gotta put Tyreek here. I gotta put the cheetah out the hole. Yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, no, I, I I left him off on purpose. Yeah. So yeah. I'll let and again I'm just guys that play a lot. So at least yeah. everybody will know. Uh, I'm putting Randy Moss on the back stretch. You know, I think Randy Moss, he's run like 21 indoor, so he can move. And I would love to just let him get wide open on that second leg. Um, third leg, I'm going Deshaun Jackson, and then I'm going to finish with Marquise on fourth. Now, like, that would be my squad. Now, if I had to go, if I, if I had to go, if I had to go old school, like old school uh, relay, I'm going Bob Hayes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go, and this is going to throw y'all for a little bit, but y'all can respect this. I'm going to go Rod Woodson. A lot of people don't remember. Rod Woodson told the Steelers he ain't coming to camp until he finishes uh, his international track season. And this is when he's fresh out of Purdue. I'm going with him. Um, I'm going with OJ Simpson on third because he, you know, I'm going with OJ on third, baby. I'm going with the juice on third, baby. And, uh, and, and, and to bring it to bring it home, who to bring it home? Uh, I'm there was a you know, I'm um, I'm gonna go Willie Go, okay. I'm go Tennessee, Willie Go, bring it home. Cool, yeah. that'd be my old school, that'd be my old school. Uh, don't, don't forget Richmond Flowers, Daryl Green, Daryl Green, Daryl Green, mm hmm, yes, yes. Yeah. They they said out there no Tony Dorsett. I mean, people are they come in nicked. No, yeah. Reggie Bush. That would be a good one. Reggie Bush. Ah, Reggie, Bush, hey, ah, Reggie, Bush hey, Reggie Bush ran ten forty two at the CIAA State Championships. Yeah. He got fifth and one of the yep. most hotly contested. I think out of the eight lanes, seven of the lanes were all football players who all started in Division One, and I think five of them made the league. Yeah. So I mean, we talking about, about is, it, is this pack, is this Pac twelve though? We talking about Pac twelve. No, 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 no. Yeah. See, I, the, see, Jabari, I don't Jabari, Jabari, but Jabari, okay. let him know because that 1042 gets you good old nothing burger. Yeah, listen, 1042. Reggie Bush ran 1042 at the high school championships. He was oh, okay. fifth. Okay. Yeah, okay. he was fifth. I think he lost the uh, yo, David so wrong, man. <laughs> he lost the Huggy, he lost the Huggy Bear son. Remember um the guy who played Huggy Bear? Um in Starsky and Hutch, the pimp. What was his name again? Oh, uh, you talking about Snoop Dogg? No, the one no, um oh my god. Oh, uh, I, I I forgot no, his name. Man. I'm drawing the blank, but he oh, okay. um okay. his son got first and Kareem Kelly. It was Kareem, it was him, Kareem Kelly, um Daryl Rudeau. I know Reggie Bush oh, wow. got fifth. 
Yeah, yeah, like the dude, the California oh, State Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got a history yeah. out here. I heard Man. those names in a while. You know what? You y'all know who we forgot and we didn't even mention? Who that? Prime time himself. Oh, of course. Ten twenty six hundred meters. He ran that after That's playing the fault. spring game. That's our fault. Oh, and know another person we forgot about too. Y'all don't know this. Antonio Cromartie ran forty six oh one in the in the quarter. Hmm. Oh. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna drop some signs on y'all when it's, when it's time for the the the, the dope yeah. debate. So I, I, I think it's I and I love. I think what Jabari has done for us tonight though is he's definitely been an unbiased football track guy. To really just we got to figure out just how to blend the marriage, man. I mean, because yeah, it's respect in both ends. The same way when none of us come out there and throw some pads on running 100 miles per hour and get flatlined. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, at the same time, we don't want those guys to think they can just take those pads off and think they're gonna run hundred miles per hour with another one liner from Lamont. You know, the Mundo is ours. You know, yeah. Um, so with that, man, we're we're at about the forty-five minute segment. So Lamont, you know what time it is. So at this part of the show, Jabari, because Lamont is our historian, he's a big track junkie, knows a lot about the sport. But we have a segment called "Don't Debate Me on This." So. He's gonna he's gonna give his his due whatever it is this week. We can't debate him though because it's like him <laughs> dropping the mic. That's exactly okay, what it is. Okay. All right. So this is gonna be a little different with the don't debate me. This is gonna be more of along the lines of you know respect to those dual athletes. Um, and see if I can you know drop some time so we can have a greater appreciation for those who do take out sports series but also played you know, in another sport where they was able to monetarily raise their, their, their lifestyle to, to a better place and, and so on. So, you know, you have a guy like OJ Simpson who still, you know, regardless of what people may think of him, you know, he ran on the still war record 440 yard team. They were the first team to run under 39 seconds and that record stood for almost 20 years. You know, and that the yard record still stands. So you had OJ Simpson, who also finished fifth or sixth in the NCAA championships in the 100 yard dash. You know, you had Randy Moss, I'm gonna drop something on y'all this too. He ran two track meets his entire career. He ran the meet before its conference meet. He came back, he ran 631 in the 55 and ran 21 2 on a 200 meter flat track. Not converted, that was the actual time. Champ Bailey. A lot of people don't know. Chambelli jumped 26-3 in the long jump. Um, Jalen Ramsey. Anybody who knows Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey took track and field. Very serious. Ken Harden said that Jalen Ramsey was probably the most disciplined after he ever had. He jumped 26 feet. You know, um, let's talk about um, Jacoby Ford. Jacoby Ford probably would have won the 100 meters in 2009 had he not pulled up. He ran 10-01. Remember, Jacoby Ford played a game. He played a game on... I believe no, he ran the race on Friday and played and Clemson played a game on Saturday. He opened up 651. That was like early, it was like late November, it was like maybe like this, like right around this week, like on this Friday, they had a game. So they he ran Friday at the Clemson in a Clemson indoor meet and came back and played the game that Saturday. There you have um wow, there's there's so many, there's so many great plays. You got um um Jonathan Ogden, multiple time. NCAA champion, the disc and the shot put, who's a Hall of Famer. You know, Santana Moss, who was a Big East champion. 
you know, a lot of people don't know. Edrin James also ran track too. I think he ran 1070 something. Now people may scoff at it, but let's be real. Edrin James money is what was on the gridiron. You know, then let's not forget about y'all, y'all volunteer, you know, y'all, y'all vow for life. Leonard Scott, who still holds, I believe he's the number two man all time in the 60. You know, and you know, and 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 he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a brief stint. You know, you know, you got so many great football players who took the sport serious and that's what we want you know if you're gonna come in and talk that talk we want you to put the work in and take it serious if you're gonna be locked in be locked in you know don't 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 come in and say well i'm just gonna come out here just to feed my ego and you got cute girls don't do what lamont did that's all lamont got on the track and field all right because it's women <laughs> okay <laughs> don't you know we, we we don't we don't want to do that i'm sorry baby i didn't mean to say that out loud i, I about to give it to me but uh but um but in all seriousness though you know you know the respect factor that we are looking for from our football counterparts is that if you're going to come out there and you want to put it you want to lace up the spikes once you come out there you want to take it seriously because just like y'all wouldn't want us coming out there just coming on the gridiron just because we fast oh coach just brought this guy here because he fast all right watch this hey we're going hey we're not supposed to go full speed special team Guess what? Gonna go down there. Let's just just kind of nudge him in the shoulder a little bit. You know, ninety percent. You know, so are we gonna miss know, a block now, Lamont? They gonna miss a block. They, 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 yeah, they, right. They, they gonna miss a block. And yeah. so you know, so you know, to all, so you know, to all the football players who ran over the years, and some people who given who's given us some magical moments from Jeff Demps, you know, um, you know, John Capel, you know, and we and you know, John John's my guy. You know, to all the guys who. Who who came out there and 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 did their you know did their best to make sure that you know we was able to you know add extra bodies but add quality bodies to 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 our to to our um to our sport man you know y'all appreciate it and uh you know normally I say don't debate me don't at me but you know today is just uh you know today is just a appreciation day man so we appreciate all the multiple the multiple sport athletes who's been in who's been in the game and um and put the best foot forward that's what's up man well we segue right into the end so at this point Jamar, we're about to wrap it up so the last segment is we give out our roses so if there is anyone out there you know that you want to give a shout out to show some love it could be your wife your children an old coach a uh, special someone that you know made a difference or just someone that you know you may or may not tell them thank you all the time now is the time to do so uh, I'll go first this week. We'll finish with our guests. Uh, so I'll go Stamps, Lamont, then Jabari. Uh, I'm actually, man, I'm going to give my roses to Jabari simply because I appreciate you being unbiased. I really appreciate you being unbiased. And I think that this could start a better conversation and a transition of how us track coaches or the entire track community, how we can kind of fix this broken relationship between us and football. Uh, we've said in previous episodes, um, Stamps and I, we, we we joke around, but we do mean the track is whack. And what we mean by that is, you know, our sport is dying uh, and it shouldn't have to. And our sport uh, doesn't look like other professional sports in the States. So I just really appreciate people like yourself uh, that come in with a good sense of mind, some common sense, and have done it all and can appreciate it both, man. So I'm going to get my roses to you. Uh, I'm a, I'll go next. 
Uh, I'm gonna give my roses to the uh, the all black referees uh, contingent that, that refereed the game uh, a few nights ago. Uh, obviously, long overdue, and I just I, I I can really appreciate with all the things that are just happening in the world that it it seems to be you know people of color are definitely maximizing the opportunity to spotlight uh, whether negative or positive has provided an effort to even on whatever kind of size of scale that it is um, uh, uh, raised to the level that they should have or are taking steps in kind of uh, leveling that 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 um, leveling up to where they're ultimately you know been trying to get and achieve uh, I don't know if you saw Jabbar. I know we're friends on Facebook or whatnot, but you know, again, I've been coaching collegiately now. It's my 18th year, and I finally got my first promotion in 18 years. <laughs> so, um, you know, nah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy, um, but I, I definitely share in that win with you guys and then those referees because you know it's just it's about time that you know uh, we can all be looked upon as people that can do. Uh, everything that anybody else can do and then color our skin means nothing. All right, Mutt. Yeah. Um, I think this one, I think we all can agree on. Um, and I've been thinking about this one, you know, from March all the way up until now. Um, but I want to give my roses to all the first responders out there who are on this front line of this pandemic. I mean, I watch the news constantly. Like, I haven't watched the news this much in decades. And now I'm watching, I'm watching these nurses, I'm watching these doctors, you know, tired, wore out. But guess what? They're still trying to save lives. They're still trying to preserve, you know, what's left in, in, in this pandemic, you know, from the, the, the ravaging of this pandemic. Um, you know, I got friends who are who are army nurses and I'll check up on them time to time, you know, and they're tired They're you know, some of them even been sick. Some of them even had to work with the COVID, you know, um, spoke to a young girl who ran for San Diego State uh, via, you know, via DM. And, you know, she was like, I don't think y'all understand, you know, what's happening at this and the third. And, you know, you know, Shana, you know, Shana Campbell, man, you know, you know, you're my girl. I love you to death. Um, so, you know, my roses, I wanted to go to the first responders, those nurses, those doctors and everyone that's out there trying to save lives. And, um, also, you know, want to give my roses to those who, you know, lost people during this pandemic, you know, our hearts is with you. And, um, you know, we're going to get through this like we, like we always do. And we're going to be stronger than ever. And my roses go to y'all. All right, Jabari, bring us home, man. All right, and she came in just right now. I want to give my my roses to all those black fathers out there and black coaches as well. I mean, mm. listen, we've traveled a long road, and we've dealt with so much adversity. With first um, being seen as diligent, as present, and as loving, and then our coaches as able to lead and able to direct, and as competent as anybody else. And I think that we are not only meeting the challenges, but we're exceeding expectations. 
Uh, I mean, when you look at the stats, you know, we're at, we're more involved in our kids' life than anybody else. We, uh, you know, just the way that, um, you know, um, black leadership has taken, uh, black mentorship has been something that's been a focus, especially nowadays. You know, our coaches, our community leaders, our fathers, uh, I think that this is something that's been beautiful to see. I mean, I'm on, I'm on this, this, uh, this Black Fathers uh, Facebook group, and, you know, I just get inundated. Not even inundated. I just get filled with so much positivity, so much Black beauty. Um, and I think that it's something that, um, you know, nothing against uh, anybody else that's doing things the right way. But I think it's time that we start filling up our own cup and start encouraging our brothers to keep on fighting a good fight. I love y'all, man. And I think that um, what we're doing is, is, is impactful. So let's keep on being the change that we want to see, not only in our family, but our community. So uh, cheers to y'all, man. Y'all doing the right thing. Hey, man, I appreciate you, right. So we're going to end it on that right there. This has been another great episode of Track Chat with the most known unknowns. Jabari, thank you again for joining us. My boy, Lamont, the artist formerly known as the alchemist himself that got Jabari to come check us out tonight. And I am Coach Kyle. I love y'all guys. Enjoy your families. And I'll see y'all next week. Happy Thanksgiving, guys.